0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, Natalie Nahai, In Conversation, the series that inquires into our relationship with one another, with technology, and with the living world. Join me and some wonderful guests as we explore how we might reimagine humanity in the face of accelerating technological advancement, ecological disruption, and systemic change. For more information on today's episode and guest, please visit natalinahai.com forward slash In Conversation And for additional books and resources, check out natalienahai.com forward slash resources. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm in conversation with Joana Lungu, a poet, spoken word artist, and event host based in Barcelona. She started writing creatively when she was 11 years old, navigating her way through short stories, plays and the beginnings of novels. And through her literary exploration, the art form that has stood the test of time for her is her poetry. Joanna first stepped into the world of spoken word when she moved to Barcelona several years ago and got involved in the poetry community through events and writing workshops, which is how we first encountered one another. A passionate supporter of other people's creativity, Joanna invited a group of us to perform at a charity fundraiser that she hosts every year on her birthday. And alongside her moving and poignant poetry, it is this ability to bring people together in community towards a common goal that moved me to ask her onto the show. Apart from her creative pursuits, Joanna is also into meditation, yoga, breathwork and aquatic wildlife and she's currently pondering on the idea of writing a book and hosting a monthly event in Barcelona, so watch this space. To learn more about Joanna and dive into her world of poetry and words, you can find her on Instagram at joanalungu underscore. thanks for joining me. It's nice to be in conversation with you, both of us in Barcelona. (laughs) How are you doing today?
1: Oh, good. Thank you so much for having me. I've been thinking about this conversation for quite some time, so I'm actually really excited to, to be
0: here today. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I um, Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. And I, I guess just kind of give a bit of context. So we first met at, I think it was actually at one of the End of the Coronavirus yes. events put on by Hector, um, one of our dear friends who is a comedian and poet. And I was just blown away by your poetry. And I'm not like... <laughs> I do enjoy poetry, but I'm not like massively a connoisseur of poetry. Mm. And it was just very moving. And I kind of figured since we're talking about in particular in this season, what it means to be resilient, to adapt. And I think also there's a thread that's connecting throughout, which is around how do we respond to AI and increasing automation? What does it mean to be human in a digital age? The elements that weave in the poetic, the artistic, the creative, I think are really important to include and so i would love to kick off by asking you what i ask all my guests on the show uh, and then move into some of your story if you're up for it and the question is what do you think is going on in the global human psyche right now
1: mm, i love this question i feel it's so big and complex and it can go into so many directions and um i think one of the things that I perceive is this disconnection this from ourselves, from the other, from nature. Um, I think everything that happened with um, the COVID situation left us more confused than we were during. That time, and now I feel like everyone is trying to maybe find their place, um, ask more relevant questions, ask what is really true for me right now, why am I doing this? And I think these big questions that tackle identity, our place in the world, and so on, can also make us very confused. Um, so I think these are the um, waves we're we're swimming in right now mm. it's funny I've been thinking about this too and
0: in, in the sense that it feels as though at least to me I don't know how everyone else feels about this that there's kind of been a lack of closure we kind of slipped out of a pandemic with everything else kicking off and and it's that kind of thing where maybe you're just catching your breath and there are other waves that are coming and hitting you in the face and you're like <laughs> well, hang on what's going on how do we Regroup almost. And so I'd like to ask you a little bit about your journey, like what poetry means for you, how you've come to be someone who's a poet and uses words to express yourself and to communicate. Uh, yeah, I'd love to start there.
1: Mm, sure. So um, I think I would like to start by saying it took me a very long time to call myself a poet. And I think. Um, probably I started doing that after I won my uh, competition uh, in um, Slam. Uh, And before I was, well, I'm writing, even though inside myself I knew that writing has always been one of the biggest parts of who I am and how I live my life. So speaking about identity, I thought that was just a, a very yeah, very important moment of me to really claim, let's say, my, my status as, as a poet <laughs> without sounding in, in any way like cocky or overly confident because that can also be, um, yeah, one direction. But I've been writing pretty much my entire life. I think the first poem I've ever written was when I was 10 years old. Oh. It was this very simple plain language the rain is falling a flower is growing or something along the lines of, of yeah just describing nature mm-hmm. and then I've been into short stories and try to write novels as well but then everything really started to take form like a, a very um big and beautiful form when I came here to Barcelona, which was in August, 2021. And, um, it was one of those magical moments, let's say of synchronicities, because <laughs> I was alone in my room asking myself, what, what would I like to do in this new big city full of opportunities? And I said, mm, I would like to find some poets I could share my, um, my poems with. I was searching on Meetup, found this poetry slam competition organized by Makis, who in the meantime became a very, very good friend of mine. And I messaged, hey, by any chance, is there, is there any way I could participate? And he said, wow, Ivana, this is so strange. But literally today, earlier today, someone messaged me that they cannot perform. So the spot is yours. (laughs) Amazing. And I was like, okay, okay, let's let's see how this goes. And I always say I feel like it was a terrible, terrible performance. (laughs) um, Because I forgot my lines, I think, two or three times. I was shaking so badly. Um, but the community who received me, I was absolutely mind blown how kind and supportive mm. the people were, and from then I just stayed there and started <laughs> to to do more and more. And um, now is really who who I am. And I never thought three years ago that I would be doing this and sharing my art with people and. Um, Yeah, a friend of mine on on Friday said, oh, I talked to someone and she told me about your performance and the fact that she cried listening to you. And that's just (laughs) something I could have never, ever, ever
0: imagined. That's amazing. And it's funny, isn't it? Because, I mean, I don't want to make this sort of like a, well, maybe I do, a Barcelona love fest, but there is something about the communities here that interweave Mm -hmm. as well, like the... um, the night that we mentioned earlier, the end of the coronavirus night, it's kind of a mix of hip hop spoken word. And occasionally I'll go along and play folk music and my friend Blanche will come along and play some banjo. And it's just, it's a mix that by all rights probably shouldn't work, but mm. it does. <laughs> um, and I think what you were mentioning about how you're kind of lovingly received, that like you, can, you can mess up and it's fine. And it's not the same. I know different people have had different experiences of this, but for me, when I was gigging a lot in London in my 20s, it was a completely different scene. And I think mm. cities have their own character and there's something particular to this city, this place, maybe right now that, and also especially with an international audience who are using mm. mostly English, Spanish and some Catalan to communicate, that's quite precious. And in fact, I want to ask you, because English is not your first language, but you do your poetry in, uh, in English and you perform predominantly in mm-hmm. English. Uh, how does that work for you?
1: So, yes, that's true. My native language is Romanian and I'm still writing quite a lot in Romanian. But I think what happened to me and I'm not sure how um, wise it is for me to share this on on a podcast because I I reckon it's going to sound a bit strange. But when I was learning uh, English and that was probably like 10, 11 years ago, Um, I just figured out that the easiest way for me to become more comfortable speaking it, because I knew the grammar and some vocabulary, but when it came to speaking, I was not comfortable at all unless it was perfect. And at that point, it wasn't, I mean, not even now, but at that point, it was definitely... (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) uh, Thank you. It was definitely uh, worse. But what I was doing is, I started talking to myself in English, Mm. as in trying to um, ask myself, why am I feeling in a certain way? Why am I annoyed at different people in high school or whatever? Just talking myself through the situations I was living. And instead of doing that in Romanian, which I was previously doing, I started to use English as a way to well, understand the world, basically, because I think words are really my way of, of understanding the world. Mm. And yeah, I started doing that in English. And I think that part of my brain just developed in, in that sense of me processing everything and using a lot another l- language to, to do that. Mm. And now it's just so natural to me to, to write in English as well. Um, I love Romanian. I think it's a very, very beautiful language, uh, but there are very few people here that I know who are Romanian speakers. So um, yeah, English just yeah became more and more integrated in in what I write and probably who I am as well.
0: So fascinating. It's funny we had um, full moon music night just at the weekend, and one of the things that is always interesting is when people sing in English and then also in their mother tongue. And you can tell a difference. Like I am, I, um, even though I don't speak very fluently anymore because I don't practice, my first language was actually French until I was two. I couldn't speak English. I was speaking in French in my family home. And the songs that my mum would sing are predominantly in French. And so sometimes when I sing in French, it's a completely different, it's almost like a completely different voice that comes out. Mm-hmm. And it's curious to hear you talk about the creative language like English as a creative language that was almost Mm. conceived in that way in the way that you were working with it learning it and how that's now become closely connected to your expression Mm. your self-expression I'm wondering at what point to ask you to read one of your poems because I really want people to know why I'm so psyched about it. Do you you feel like now's a good time or do you want to keep chatting about some other questions first?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I I could do it now. I have it uh, ready here. So just a bit of an introduction. Um, I don't generally rewrite the poems I perform. So I just work a lot on them before, perform them a couple of times. And when I feel it's the time, I let them go. And this one, I just felt the theme is still super, super relevant. And I felt it, it should be rewritten. So it's the second version. Um, the improved, I hope, <laughs> version of, of the poem I wrote probably one year ago, more or less. And it just felt, yeah, I felt the calling of going back to it and, um, yeah, edit it for a bit. So I have it, um, here just in case I, I forget, but, um, yeah. This is how it goes.
0: And what's the name of the poem?
1: It doesn't really have a name. I, I don't generally title my poems. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's
0: even more yeah. intriguing. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's about um, mental health and how we yeah how we relate to it and um, just some things to consider maybe. Okay. We. Talk about mental health like it's the newest diet. All the data shows we're starving, but see, there are books prescribing us, self-care routines, facial masks to hide the pain that carves the wrinkles, time off from work and long walks so we can leave our thoughts behind on the street like bread crumbles, hoping that peace will eventually find us. But how? How do you go from close to losing yourself to glory? How do you turn those white nights into colorful dreams, into rainbow desires, into something that can be modeled with your bare hands? Your hands don't know how to touch your body anymore. Your hands are so used to typing, always in the search for the truth, for the news, for that person who's going to come and make those white nights blue, Turquoise, actually. To request with bright foam so you could swim in it and never return to those books they say. Mental health is in your hands. You have to take care so that your emotions wouldn't spill over at inappropriate times. Know how to juggle around all the fine glass responsibilities. Know when to stop. Know how to say it. no. I won't be going out tonight because I'll be meditating <laughs> on tribal music. I'll let the shamans bang my thoughts against my temples. Heal me. I shall scream. Heal me from all the things the world forces me to keep away. Heal me and let me rest, rest well tonight. But no one says there is trauma in your past that needs healing. You see, mental health is not happening right now. You cannot take a long, warm, lavender-smelling bath and expect next day to bring fewer beggar-like questions. There are things in your past that start hurting for you to look there so Take a magnifying glass and start searching for your own wise, for the words you wanted to hear, for the hugs you've never received. It's going to be an insane amount of pain at first. But gladly, healing is so bright and will come with you in the shadows, flying above your head like a protective firefly. Know you are safe on this journey. And mental health is not only yours, each has a slice of it, like an apple pie with not enough sugar. We live together in this routine-driven catastrophe, starving for love and peace and affection. And still, we throw rocks at each other, like they're candies, soul-breaking candies. And words, oh, words, don't we love them? Disappear apparent God-given power to label people like we know for a fact who they are, what's their story, and the whole ingredient list of their hurting, our image of them like a broken canvas. Look. This is how I painted you. This is who you are. When in fact, we're not supposed to be holding anything in our hands when meeting someone else. They shall be empty, palms facing up. Peace. Bring peace. And stop this war of words. You see, kindness is the missing ingredient in our diet. So rather than judging or seeing others as people who hurt us, start seeing them as people who heal. Because after all, we are here together just to heal. Thank you. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I just, just want to hear you. more. Um,
0: <laughs> beautiful. And actually a really, really perfect place to ask you the question of how poetry in particular, but the arts and self-expression can put us into greater contact with our inner worlds, how we're feeling, how we cope with things. And, and with one another, because obviously poetry, when you speak it and it lands in someone's ears, it's mm. shared, it becomes a shared experience. So I wonder, how do you experience the process of poetry at any point, whether it's from writing to speaking? How does it help you to make sense of your internal and external worlds?
1: Oh, there are so many threads <laughs> in my mind right now. I'll try to, to take one by one. Mm-hmm. Um... So I would say for me, it's a very big part of how I make sense um, of what's going on inside myself and what's going on outside as well. And sometimes if I just feel there is a torment inside myself and I start writing, things just land back to their to their place, let's say. So it's um It's also a tool for questioning more, uh, because maybe sometimes I take a question. um, I don't know, for instance, what is identity or what is the meaning of life, which has so many, so many answers. So it's a never ending fountain of inspiration. And for me, it really was one of the biggest things, um, both for my life and for my art. And um, so, yeah, poetry is, um, and writing in general, is a tool for uh, questioning further, but also for making sense. Mm-hmm. So for understanding or making peace. Um, so I, I would say that, and even if I'm not writing the piece that I would like to share, it's still so important and relevant and rewarding to just sit down Take the pen or or my phone and to to write. It's almost a, a matter of saying I'm here right now with whatever is happening, and it it's going to be okay. It's going to be fun, or it's going to be painful. But it's a very intentional practice, and I think it also adds this intentional aspect aspect into my life because I think it's so easy to just go with with all the to-do lists and tasks and and meetings and so on and so forth. But I think poetry is really a tool for arriving in the present moment and with whatever it is there right now. Um, So I would say that's the personal thread. And um, uh, the other aspect when it comes to connecting with others, um, I always take let's say the audience into account when i'm sharing something because i think it's a matter of showing respect and love to whoever it's listening uh, because i think we are constantly bombarded with so many information and so many forms of entertainment Mm. and i just want the poetry that i share and put out there to be again a moment of I'm here now listening to this person and I really want to be able to take everything in and how I'm doing this sometimes is I invite the audience to finger snap if they feel they hear something that they're resonating with or, or they like a line or they're like, wow, yes, I also feel that. And um, that's probably more rewarding than the applause at the end Mm -hmm. It's just hearing people um, halfway through at random moments, uh, finger snapping their emotions, their awareness. And for me, that's a bigger gift than the applause at the end, because it really shows that people are there being, again, aware, present um, and open. Mm. I'm not sure if I answered your question. <laughs> no, you did. It's lovely. I mean, there's so many different ways to answer. And I think
0: there's something really interesting about the, um, so the two things to kind of to pull out from your answer that I'd love to talk more about is the, the presence, the quality of presence that we bring mm. and the ability to just pause for a moment and not be frantically searching for the next thing and almost be taken on a journey with poetry, at least for me, it's when you're, when you're captured by it, you're taken on a journey. And the other thing I think is as well, when you're talking about like the the finger snapping, like the clicking, there's something around it becoming not necessarily a conversation, but definitely a participation, like a dance where, you know, you feel accompanied because sometimes the quality of attention, when you're on stage, there's all sorts of things going on and it's nice to feel and hear the people that you're speaking to are actually there with you. And so I wonder when it comes to things like creating... And this comes back to mental health again, but well-being, connection, digesting difficult times or changing circumstances. When it comes to sharing poetry, which is a dynamic where obviously you have the person who's written the poetry, they've created it and they're sharing it and the people receiving it. What do you think happens in that space between the poet and the people listening in terms of our collective, There's something around the collective experience, collective unlocking? I'm not sure. What do you feel happens there? What alchemy happens in that space?
1: Mm, Yeah, that's a wonderful question. My answer would also be related to to presence and and awareness and also coming together, because I I really perceive this separateness um, that we are all doing our own thing and, and just trying to, prove or to achieve more or to always be on on the run but i think when you listen to to poetry and i think music has a very similar um flavor to it probably the difference i would attribute to poetry is the fact that it's n- so with no music in the background it feels so raw and and always the the poet i think is very vulnerable um with with nothing but their voice on on the stage, and I think it's this aspect of we come together to listen to this person or these people or whoever is on on stage, and we take our time to to be there listening, and it's almost like offering a gift to the person who who is on stage with with this presence, and. Um, I've been to an open mic in in Spanish and there I felt the opposite of this cuz there were some people be, behind me who were constantly constantly chatting uh while people were were sharing um, either their poetry and music on on stage and I I felt that that's precisely the place where you're not supposed to do yeah. that it's amazing to talk to people that's one thing that I I I love the most but I think, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be something different when we go to an open mic or an, an event like this. And almost so, if we think of acting li- active listening like a skill, I think that's a great place to,
0: <laughs> to build it. Yeah, to practice it. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder when we're talking about the use of language to capture or express feelings that we have, I was having a conversation with someone the other day about this, the idea that when you write something, and for me it's mostly songs, although I do actually occasionally venture into poetry, um, but mostly it's songs, that when you write something, it can feel like there's an, there's an immediacy to the writing that reflects your current state of mind, state of heart, your current context. But then I'm curious to know if, if for you, when you revisit poetry, if you revisit poetry sometime later, you mentioned at the beginning, like there's something which is fresh, and then you allow to let you know to, to you let it go. Um, but if you revisit it later, if there's something else that you explore or that you feel in that piece of poetry that perhaps you weren't aware of when you wrote it, like maybe something strikes you a different way, or you reread something and you think, "Oh my god, I never thought about it in this way," but it has this whole other layer of meaning right now where I am in my life. Do you find that it has these kind of like multitudes embedded within, or
1: yes. Yeah, for sure, and um, I have an example here on uh, particularly this um, this aspect of revisiting poetry, and then realizing, wow, this I <laughs> I wrote it, but I actually never thought of it th- that way. Um, I wrote a poem about my my partner, and um, I think a couple of months or weeks. After I wrote the poem, we we just had this conversation of like coming together in this very intimate moment. And I said something that was very similar to what I wrote. And it just sort of changed the the, uh, the, the flavor of the poem almost because it's it's obviously the feelings for for him didn't change. But somehow it's just came together in a completely different way. And um, I'm doing my best, I think, to honor whatever I'm writing, even though I'm not sharing everything and I rewrite many, many things. But I think it's so beautiful that words can capture Maybe not completely always, but at least they're they're doing what they can to capture what we're feeling in in the present moment. And I think it's wonderful to look back and see almost this journey of the self, yeah. if you may. Um, and it doesn't have to be poetry necessarily, because I'm always also writing in my journal, for instance, things that are, are not super poetic. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think it's it's wonderful to witness that growth, if you may, or journey in a more general sense, because I think we tend to forget um, about many things that we do or experience and revisiting them. I think sometimes we go like, oh, wow, actually, maybe I'm smarter or like wiser <laughs> than, than I think I am. And I think that's that's beautiful to have. Um, a moment of self-confidence sometimes coming from your past self mm. saying oh actually you, you know some stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think there is something about it's very easy to kind of get lost in the river of your life and not realize how far you've come or um, the things that maybe you wanted to have more of in your life that suddenly you realize that you are spending more time on them whether it's time with family or time spent creating whatever it is so I wonder for you if there are you know if there are folks who are listening or watching thinking either I quite like to write some poetry where do I begin or god I'm really not a poet but actually maybe it could be a useful tool maybe just even writing simply like you're saying about the journaling what advice might you offer them in terms of a place maybe to Mm. start
1: Um, there is this question that I really love to ask myself whenever I don't know what to write or I don't feel this spark of inspiration. And it is what is it right now that is true for me in the present moment. So what is true for me right now? And it can go into so many directions. It can be a feeling that I have or a thought that's been just going on in my head for for some time. Or a situation that, I don't know, I, I would like to to dive more into. And I think the, the power of the question is that it really connects us to like a very authentic and vulnerable almost place of whatever I'm feeling, no matter how heavy it is, mm. it's the time to put it out there on paper. And it can be, sometimes I consciously tell myself, don't, Try to be super poetic. don't try to come up with the best metaphor ever. Just don't push, your, push yourself. Just write about whatever it is that is true for you in in the present moment. And the reason why I, cho- I chose this question and I also have it um, written in, in my journal is because personally sometimes I, I tend to forget. Um just what is what is important for me maybe where i just let myself be carried away by 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 people and things that i need to do and while i'm super grateful for all the people in my life and all the situations that i'm i'm experiencing i think it's so powerful to just come back to yourself almost like um mm, Let's check in with myself. Where is it that I am right now where Where am I? What's going on? And I think, yeah, whatever you write out of that, you can maybe pick two phrases, rewrite them, and then come up with a poem out of that
0: so just picking that as a starting point, because I think sometimes it's a sense of wanting to spend time writing but not knowing where to start when you have a blank piece of paper or you're at the keyboard and I'm curious whether there's a difference in the way in which you write whether you are actually physically writing or at the keyboard do you find that there is a different experience or the um the way in which you think or process what you're creating is different
1: or do they feel quite similar for you so I I write a lot on on my phone as well no matter how much I dislike that digital aspect of my writing but it's just because sometimes I have this almost like a tsunami of inspiration and um, I just have this this idea that I really need to write as soon as possible Mm -hmm. and my writing is not as fast sometimes so that's why I take my phone and I write it super quickly I leave it there and then uh, come back to it but I definitely think that um, uh, just feeling the paper and the pen in in your hand is way more um, grounded in a way. Mm. It's almost like okay, I'm I'm feeling all these things around me. I'm not just putting some words in in the digital space, but I'm actually creating something that's with with ink. I'm creating something that's going to, going to stay. And I think that the difference, the difference here is that I'm way more conscious of the words I put on paper if I write poetry mm. on paper. Because then and on my phone, I'm just writing a bunch of things and then I can delete them and edit. But then it's almost like a ritual mm, flavor to writing on paper that's more intentional almost, like... Mm. Yeah, maybe sacred is a big word, but it has something sacred in it. And so,
0: thinking about that then and what we what we potentially stand to lose if everything gets digitized. And mm. I'm asking you the sort of next question from your perspective as a poet and a person, not as a tech expert, because most of us are not tech experts and all of us have some skin in the game on this. But how do you feel about the use of AI generative AI to create poetry music art to potentially well we're already already seeing it so it's not even potentially to displace uh, the creative process and people who are engaged in that who get paid for that what are your thoughts maybe your concerns or maybe your hopes around AI's role in creativity and what that means for us?
1: So I think I have quite a um, firm stance <laughs> when it comes to AI and creativity. For me, there, I, I think AI has um, a great, it, it is a great tool to use for all the other aspects of life to be more productive, more epi- efficient, to so do it in business, but leave art <laughs> to the human mind. Um, I yeah, there. I don't think there's a part of me who resonates with using AI and art or putting them together. Um, It can be an idea generator, maybe, but I still think that we are, we forget how powerful our minds are and how creative they can be. And I think if an artist Chooses to to use AI, it's almost like they become lazy with their art, mm-hmm. and I don't think art is supposed to be to be like that. And um, yeah, I I would love us to be very conscious uh, with the use of it, especially when it comes to creativity. And um, I had a similar conversation the other day, and someone said that. Um, I, I don't remember exactly uh, who did this, but basically they created a song, so both the melody and the lyrics, and they also recorded the, the song using AI. And what that, that's not your song then? You cannot claim it as yours. Um, in the end, and I think even though you put a bunch of your poems in, in the system and say write something similar to, to this style, there's no there's not your feeling there. It's not you who thought about it. It's not your thinking process, it's not your feeling, it's not your emotional investment into what you' what you're writing. So I think there I see more dangers uh then then benefits when it comes to art and creativity and i'm i'm read, ready to to debate with this with um whoever i meet and is creating something whether there's music or 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 poetry and to say please don't use it don't let your creativity be um almost limited by by this because i think if you make the the decision of okay, I'm t- going to use AI because I I don't feel inspired today. Mm. You almost limit your creativity and you don't see that there may be other ways that you can take to go to the creativity temple, if if you may.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Because then I think, and this, this comes up with um, painter friends of mine quite a lot, and especially with Carl, who I spoke with on the podcast. He's an extraordinary painter. This idea of what's the difference between creative output let's say whether that's poetry music art and content and it's funny isn't it Mm. that we slip into this language and we say oh I'm creating content now a content creator what does that actually mean it's a contents to put into a box onto a platform it's filler and some content out there stuff called content is extraordinary Mm. and really really good but a lot of a lot of the the stuff that's created at least to me when I read it or consume it Um, or interact with it doesn't really make me feel very much. And I think there's something that you mentioned there about the feeling and the internal process and part of the the experience of writing poetry or music or art or anything like this is actually the transformation or Mm. the sublimation that happens within the artist that then generates, creates something which hopefully touches someone else in a way that it unlocks or connects with something in them in, in them of a similar maybe it's a similar feeling or a similar thought or state or something. And so I think there's something around that that it's not necessarily the output. We're so fixated on the product, on the end result that we think more about that and what can be gained in that domain than what is lost in the process, lost in coming up against these challenges of the writer's block or whatever it might be, and seeking to find a deeper way or a different way to kind of traverse your inner terrain. And and, and it's like, a you know, it's a wayfinder, a pathfinder somehow, that art and music mm-hmm. and poetry can be a guide to people, or at least if not a guide, a companion, when you don't know where you are and you feel lost. And I think there's something there that we, we risk losing if we don't acknowledge its presence in the creative output that we create.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And there is a part of me that uh, thinks that maybe some people would maybe go out towards AI because they are afraid of this internal process. Mm. Cause I don't think it's um, always at least a very easy path to to take. Yeah for sure. Cause you Apart from the transformation, and when you look back and you see how much you you, you transform yourself through the years, it's wonderful. But I, I think sometimes when you are in the process, it can be so overwhelming that maybe sometimes you would rather not go through the same, let's say, in turmoil. turmoil. Yeah. But I do think that one of the most wonderful and rich uh forms of poetry, music, from paintings, whatever it is, come from that place of being overwhelmed, thinking that I, I never want to do this, do this again. I don't know why I'm doing this. So all these questions. I think that um, if we would trust our, let's say, inner guide a bit more, I think we we would be able to to navigate these times uh, maybe m- with a bit more ease. Mm. Um, but I don't think the solution is to to avoid them. Mm. Maybe it's about finding some tools to better navigate. and I think mindfulness is playing a, a very important role there um, and I think that every artist should um should have some sort of mindfulness practice, but yeah, I don't think um ai should be the answer i don't think running away from from your um yeah internal torments should be the answer it's about being there in that uncomfortable place and almost honoring that mm. um cuz it's it's amazing to be happy and chatty and to go out there and to have a great time but I think um and maybe even more as artists uh, to have this entire spectrum of life where it's happy but also very challenging I think it's it can that can be infused in our art and really reveal even even more to of human nature and of our identity and so on. It's funny
0: hearing you say that makes me think of a quote. I generally don't remember quotes very well. So let's see if I don't totally ruin it. But it's by Joseph Campbell. And it's something along the lines of the treasure you seek is in the cave you fear to enter. Mm. And it's so easy when you're not going through a hard time. And I catch myself doing this. Um, being like, you know, sharing things that you've experienced. Well, this works for me. This works for me. It's like when you're in a nice cosy pub in the middle of winter and the fire is going and you've completely forgotten that it's shit weather outside and you are freezing and wet mm. just, you know, half an hour ago. And I think there's this kind of, at least for me, it's this seductive place where I very easily somatically, emotionally forget what it's like to be in that turmoil. Uh, and, and I think sometimes that's also the purpose of poetry and music and coming together to listen to other people who've created these doorways, it's like these portals into other worlds. So you can plug back in and remember, even when you're in a different space, so you you don't have to wait until your heart is broken to crack open and feel. Sometimes you just need to hear a really beautiful piece of music or whatever it might be. Uh, And at the same time, when you are in that place of fear or or anxiety or turmoil, to have access to poems and music and films that can carry you or that can bear your grief or bear your joy or whatever it is. Um, And so I wonder what tools or practices, you mentioned mindfulness just a moment ago, which tools or practices have you found invaluable in your life that you think other folks should check out if they are so inclined?
1: (laughs) Yeah so for me a very very big part is of my human experience is the body and um I think we maybe tend to forget how important it is to tune into how we feel at a very physical sense um so yoga is no matter how cliché that sounds <laughs> and I think either people are super tired of hearing about this as a practice or maybe they don't think they're fit enough but not necessarily fit as in not not flexible enough or not calm enough Um, so it can be just being on the mat laying uh, on the floor and just feeling your heart Um, that's it it is so small and can be oh, is this really a practice? Yeah. <laughs> but it's so powerful if you really take the time to feel your body and to be like, yes, I, I can feel more than what's in my head. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one aspect. And then there's the breath work. Um, so I've learned probably the hard way that an easy way to control my thoughts is if I learn to control my breath, Probably I'm not as consistent uh, consistent as I would like to be when it comes to both of these practices. But whenever I come back to them, and I I try to have a routine, and it's very tough for me because I'm not a routine person. <laughs> um, but it's really it yeah it changed they both of them they 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 changed me. Um, and I also think as as an artist, they made me more aware, even to the world. So not not only to myself, but to the world and to be maybe aware that there are other people going through a lot of pain. If I am going through a lot of physical pain, maybe there are other people who, who are doing the same. And um, the poem that I shared, I think my, my favorite line is, that kindness is the missing ingredient in our diet. Mm. And I think that we forget that so easily, that it'd be so um, transformative, both for us and the other person, if we would choose kindness instead of, arguing or trying to, to prove that we are right and, and so on and so forth. So I think they're all very connected, but I would say that coming back to the body in one way or another, it can be dance. It can be even tapping, which is so easy and so accessible, but just in a way of, of also saying to the, to the body, I am here aware at how you're feeling. I found that to be very powerful.
0: It's interesting as someone who uses words talking about the importance of recognizing the body, the embodiment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely I definitely find that I spend a lot of my time like up here and out front a little bit and have to kind of sit back um, and not just do that through food, but also movement. Yes. So I'm wondering, and maybe this is part, partly connected to the answer that you've just given or to the question that I just asked, but I am interested to hear your your take on this? How do you orient yourself towards life and perhaps beauty and poetry when things are tough?
1: Mm. <laughs> so beautiful. So I think that the past few months are a very good example, and I it it's still very um, recent, so I think I can give a very very. Um, personal answer. Um, I've been experiencing uh, chronic pain in different degrees since the beginning of the year. And thankfully, it's way better now. But it's been quite a tough journey. And at some point, probably three or four months ago, I, I wrote a poem, thinking that if I acknowledge the pain, and if I honor it through a poem is going to go away because nothing else worked. Wow. So I thought maybe poetry is going to, to help with that. Mm. And um, maybe it was a e- an easy way out because uh, then the pain didn't go away. It became more intense. Oh. And I thought that, okay, it's, it's maybe an opportunity to just sit with the pain and stop running away and um, through social media or through going out and having a drink, but just being maybe in, in a meditation or just laying down and feeling the pain. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote another poem um, two or three weeks ago, super different, way more complex in that sense. And the poem is my attempt to understand what pain Tried to teach me during all these months, mm. and I found so many things that sort of brought me wisdom. And I think again, they're very interconnected. That the body and and the mind uh, that is writing, mm. um, and in this process, both of them came together. Maybe the the, the bodily awareness wasn't the best one in terms of what you would like to experience. Um, But again, I feel like both of them, so me being aware of the pain and then trying to make sense of it in the mind, they sort of created, I don't know, some sort of richness Mm. uh, that I cannot help but just be grateful about it, even though it's it's been super tough. But I think maybe all my answers are related to awareness, but (laughs) I really, really think that awareness is is such a powerful tool. So instead of running away when you're going through tough times, there can be either a heartbreak or a physical pain. And just being there with whatever it is and feeling it to, to the point where you're you're crying or you can you wish you you wouldn't feel it anymore. Mm. I think there's a threshold maybe that if you stay enough with the pain, the pain maybe doesn't go away completely, but maybe gets like a another layer of wisdom that later on you'll say, oh, actually now looking back, I'm I'm grateful for that pain because it taught me to remember who I am or to remember that my heart is stronger than whatever it is that my body is feeling. Mm. Beautiful. Isn't it funny? We, we spend so much time trying to escape
0: discomfort. I, I certainly do not like to be the right temperature. We've got air conditioning when we mm. get too <laughs> hot or, you know, pills when you get too uh, uncomfortable. And it's amazing to have these things. But I wonder if we kind of turn all of that off, earlier than we need to sometimes so before we move to the kind of 10 minute extra round I'd like to ask your closing section for this one a closing question sure. for this one and that's if people want to learn more about your poetry where are the best places to find you
1: <laughs> um I actually talked I think like 2 hours ago about this um <laughs> someone said where can I read some of your poems yeah. and I don't have many of them out there on on the internet <laughs> <laughs> um, i do share whenever i perform um, or most of the times when i perform i do share it on my instagram um, and there are a couple of videos on youtube as well but they're kind of old so i don't think they uh reflect what what i'm writing right now and what my style is right now so maybe on instagram or if people would like to just reach me just send me a message hey i would like to read something related to i don't know love or mental health or contemporary art or whatever it is i can share them with them and i think this is a very personal struggle that i don't know how to share these things online just because i'm i'm still negotiating my space with <laughs> with the online world
0: yeah i know that feeling <laughs>
1: And yeah, maybe at some point, (laughs) um, there's going to be a website where people could do that. But um, yeah, that's a work in progress in my head. (laughs)
0: Okay, that sounds good. Well, Joanna, thank you so much for being in conversation with me
1: today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Natalina High in Conversation. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do pop over to iTunes, Spotify or wherever it is that you listen and give a rating and a review. It really does mean the world to me to read your support and it keeps me going to create more seasons, especially as this is a self-funded project into which we pour hours of work, creating, recording and producing each episode. To find out more about my work and how to get involved in my projects, you can sign up to my newsletter at natalinahigh.com, explore additional books and resources at natalinahigh.com forward slash resources, and you can follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at natalinahigh. My thanks to Caro C for producing, thank you for listening, and I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode.